Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Awesome. 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 Hey, well, a very good morning to the chit-chatters in the house. I love the sound just begins to die down the further the room goes. How are you guys doing? You doing well? Come on, anybody else in the room, you doing well? Do you love Jesus? Come on, who's excited this morning? I'm loving the sense of faith in the house. Isn't the gathering just just incredible? And um, I just think we're so blessed that we get to come and enjoy God's presence together. And I'm so excited. You know, we're, we're in a, a collection, a series of, of talks where we're looking at the glory of God. And, and you know, we're using, uh, looking at some of these stories in the Bible uh, that really are going to help us really cultivate and understand what it is to be expecting and to know the glory of God. And um, I want to look this morning at 2 Chronicles chapter 5. This is going to be a bit of a marathon. I mean, I'm sorry, but I hope you've got your Bible. We're going to read a lot of scripture this morning. So, so grab your Bible. Who's got a real Bible in church? Who still brings a real Bible? Wave it at me. We're the real Christians in the house. That's not a real Bible. That's a mobile phone. It doesn't, doesn't do what the paper thing does. So I'm kidding. Come on, grab your phone, grab your notebooks, and uh, let's dig into this together. This is 2 Chronicles chapter number 5. And so just track along with me. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry. It's going to come up on the screen uh, just behind me. Here's what it says from verse 4. When, the elders of, uh, when, the, when all the elders of Israel arrived, the Levites picked up the ark. The priests and, the, and Levites brought up the ark along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. I mean, last week we got to see a wonderful display of the ark, as you know, Tim's handiwork. Uh, there before the ark, the king Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. I mean, the detail of the Bible is just marvelous, isn't it? I mean, it is super detailed. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left Egypt. Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites, who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, or Heman, Jeduthun, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. 
They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Not a moment longer, the king Solomon begins to pray. And here's what happens further on in chapter seven, just after he prays. It says, when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because of the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. He is good. I wanna share a few thoughts this morning during our time together, two and a half hours, three max, I promise. I won't keep you any longer than that. <laughs> the three-hour joke is always funny. I don't know why. <laughs> Every time. Hey, I wanna share a few thoughts for the note-takers in the house, those who are guaranteed a spot in heaven first. Um, I'm calling this message this morning, Good Glory. Good glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence. We thank you, Jesus, that you are here, that God, you want to you meet with us. Those of us who believe or those of us that don't yet believe, Father, we thank you that you know us, you love us, you call us by name, that this morning is not an, is not an appointment, it's not a meeting, but God, this morning is a gathering of your sons and daughters. Father, we are expectant this morning. Anything can happen in your presence. Father, open our hearts this morning. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what it is that you wanna say to us. We thank you for your word that's alive, that's active, that's sharp. Father, let your word, as it goes out this morning, both in the room and online, let it establish that which it sets out to establish. God, let it challenge us. Let it bring healing, restoration. God, let, us, let your word sharpen us this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. And someone shout it. Amen. Amen. So I've got a confession to make this morning. Uh, Two weeks ago, I was uh, cruising down a very dark country lane. And uh, I experienced what I thought was the very glory and presence of God. But before I could pull over and begin to praise Him, because that's what you do, my dear wife, Becky, tapped me on the shoulder and she said, babes, I think you've just been flashed by the speeding camera. <laughs> so, 
so as you can imagine, I was devastated. There just isn't a convenient time to get a speeding ticket, is there? Or a parking ticket or any fine for that matter. Even on payday, it's, it's rough to get a speeding ticket. And, and so I, I was completely devastated. I thought, no way, that's, that's the glory of God. Uh, by the way, I don't make a habit of, of picking up uh, fines and tickets everywhere I go. But you know what, I was thinking if it's not my awesome driving that cultivates and, and conjures up the glory of God, I mean, I mean, what is it that does it? What is it that brings God himself into our midst? Is it about shouting and singing? Does the cloud of God's glory enter the temple because the leaders and the, the, the preachers and the musicians are eloquent in, in what they do? Is it because we've got good coffee and a beautiful building in the city center of Birmingham, actually on the coffee bed? Um, I feel like there is a correlation between good coffee and the glory of God. Um, some of you will be with me on that. But, but I wonder I wonder, does, does heaven invade earth because you and I, we orchestrate it? I wonder this morning, is it our feelings, our emotions, glory, God's invisible qualities, character, attributes displayed in a visible and knowing way? A, a Bob Sorge who writes the book, When Heaven invades earth, he, he says this about glory, and I love this. Let this get in your spirit for a moment. He says, the truth is that God's glory is disruptive. It's untamed, it's uncontrollable, it's unstoppable and dangerously all-consuming. It destroys agendas, calendars, service orders, song lists, and carefully devised plans. It frustrates it exposes, it, it confounds it, and renders powerless the controlling mechanisms of church leaders. Ooh, that was dangerous. <laughs> glory is, come on. Glory is, is dangerous. I lost my place. And revolutionary. <laughs> it's explosive, it's undomesticated, it's volatile, it's, it's divisive, it, it invades. Glory smashes in like a tidal wave washing away safety nets and lines of familiarity that have helped us feel secure. The clock might help establish when the meeting starts. I love this, but it's useless in determining when the meeting might stop. Buildings are overcrowded. Restrooms can hardly be kept clean enough. Children seem to be everywhere. Critics bound. The neighbors complain. Cars parked sideways. This, to me, sounds wild. But you know what? This is our prayer. This is our prayer. My prayer right now is, God, would you disrupt me? God, would you, dis would you disrupt us? Would you show us your glory? Stir up a hunger in me and us today here in Birmingham online. Would you stir up a hunger in us for your glory? Come on, let's look at what's happening in 2 Chronicles Chapter number five, I mean, look at this scene. The whole nation of Israel has gathered. There's laughter filling the streets, children everywhere. It was a big party. Anna Hellebronth, Michael Shannon, the whole crew was there just getting ready to lead us. And incredible worship it was. The atmosphere was incredible. And right in the middle of the chaos and commotion, a worship service began. 
a procession that carried the ancient Ark of the Covenant up into the newly built temple and the worship team started playing. The king started praying and the people shouted hallelujahs and suddenly there was a presence. A cloud filled the temple. Everyone in Jerusalem was I wonder if we could just, if we can hear it now, if we can hear the cries, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. What else can we see in this, in this scene? What else is happening? What can we draw this morning? What are our learnings from this moment in 2 Chronicles Chapter number five, I see three things. I see history, I see holiness, and I see harmony. I see history, I see holiness, and I see harmony. Firstly, I see a fulfillment of history. It says this in verse one. So Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts um, of his father David, that his father David had dedicated the silver, the gold, the various articles, and he stored them in the treasures of the temple of God. I wonder this morning if when we as God's people see and understand the day, our time in history, discern where we are in God's redemptive plan and seize the moment, seize that moment to accomplish all that God requires of our lives. I wonder if, if then will we see the presence of God. Think of the history that led up to this moment. When the new temple was dedicated in Jerusalem, they brought the ark, this ark of the covenant, this old box. It was a reminder that fundamentally they had been a nation of slaves. But God now established them in the land of freedom, in the land of promise, as you know. And the ark of the covenant uh, was there to remind them, um, to remind them of their history, that they had come a long way. I wanna just remind someone here this morning, time out just for a pastoral note, somebody who is in a battle this morning, someone who's, who's struggling, maybe you're watching and, and maybe you're facing something right now that is maybe pa painful and you're trying to understand it. Can I just put my arm around you and encourage you and remind you that, hey, actually you've come a long way. Let this ark be a reminder for us today that, that we're doing far better than we think that we are. Then there was the tabernacle. They called it the tent of meeting. For 200 years, this tent had, be, had become the central uh, space for worship for, for Israel. It had been a temporary place. But now a new day in their history God had taken Israel from a wandering tribe of nobodies and he had given them this beautiful land with a task to build a temple. And now it was done. A fulfillment of history. He that began a good work in you and I will see it to completion. Why is this ark and this temple so significant here? As you know, the ark is a token of the very presence of God. King Solomon is teaching, is leading the children of Israel to worship the Lord through sacrifices in our text. 
These sacrifices are being offered up as an act of worship. And in similar fashion, our King, Jesus, is inviting us, those this morning who would place their trust in Him to gather together and to serve the Lord by offering up acceptable sacrifices. The entire sacrificial system in the Bible, it points, it points to Jesus. And not only that, but the purpose of the temple was fulfilled by Jesus. And though today you and I can be thankful that we don't have to offer up animal sacrifices anymore, thank the Lord for that, it's crucial that, that we understand today that we are called to present spiritual sacrifices that are offered up through faith in Jesus. And what are they? King David, Psalm 51 says this, um, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice that you desire, O oh God, is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. Here's, here's our call this morning. You and I are called to give our lives. This is what the Lord requires. We are called to to surrender our lives. And as I'm thinking and praying and asking God, God, would you show me your glory in the season? That's my desire. That's my heart. God, would you reveal yourself in a supernatural way? I'm asking myself some questions. I'm asking, am I giving my life? Am I offering up sacrifices that are acceptable to God by faith in Jesus? Am I giving my life wholeheartedly or am I giving my life in parts? in compartments? If, if, if so, why? Or why not? Am I surrendered entirely? Am I offering up my gifts here? Am I offering up my talent, my treasure? Come on, this is show me your glory type stuff. This is, this is show me your glory type stuff. I see a fulfillment of history in this text. Their work was done and this was significant because it could have been the conduit to God's glory, hey, let me just say this morning, I don't know, this may be for two or three people in the room, finish the task. Finish the task. Listen, nothing is wasted. Some of you have been asked, what's the point of all of this? You've been saying, God, I've been applying myself. I've been, I've been giving my best. I've been trying. I've been, I've been trying to connect with your presence. I've been lifting my hands. I've been singing the songs. But God, I feel empty. I feel, I feel distant from you. Let me encourage you and say, hey, hey, nothing in God is wasted. Keep praying. Keep pressing in. Keep turning up to church, even if it is inconvenient, if it, even if it is a struggle and a fight to get out the house. Keep turning up. Why? Because nothing is wasted. He, Gastreed, who began a good work in you and I will see it to completion. Thank you, sir. I see a fulfillment of history. Secondly, I see holiness. Verse 7 and 11 says this, the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. Verse 11, then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. Can we notice for a second when the glory of God filled the temple, when the priests came out? When they came out so that the rightful owner may come in. 
I wonder today if, if you and I would make, would make room for Him in our hearts and our minds and our lives if we would let something else give way so that He would come in. Perhaps the tension that you're feeling in your life right now, perhaps it's because the Lord has been trying to squeeze Himself into your life. By the way, He shouldn't have to. <laughs> The Lord shouldn't have to try and, and squeeze His way onto your agenda. Come on, I want to encourage us this morning to make room for the glory, to make room for the, for the presence of God. Some of our lives have become so cluttered, just full of worry and angst and thinking about the future and overthinking. Oh my goodness, I want to pray for overthinkers this morning. Come on, some of you think yourself out of stuff way too much. You need to think yourself into that idea, into the presence of God, into that relationship. Stop wasting time. Come on, Gastry. Come on, come on. Be free from overthinking this morning. Come on, it's crippling a generation. It's keeping us in chains because, because we think this or that. We think of a hundred problems before we can even come to a solution. Hey, come on, be free from that today. Make room in your life for the presence of God. All the priests who were present purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. Why? Because there was work to be done. Dare I say that if there is to be an untamed, uncontrollable, unstoppable deposit of God's glory here today. Perhaps we all need to uncover our passions, all of us, and share our gifts. Every child today, every young person, every young adult who's got a busy job in another city, every single one of us, some, some of us who are more seasoned in the room, let me ask you, what has God given you? What is in your hand? I wonder if there's some preparation at hand. Bob Sorge again says this. He talks about how God is, is committed to preparing us for glory. God is, God is committed to you. There have been, there've been moments this week where I haven't been committed. But I love that the Lord is, is, is committed to me, to us, he talks about how the people weren't ready for God's glory when Jesus came 2,000 years ago. So God sent John the Baptist ahead to prepare the way. Here's, what, here's how Isaiah describes John's ministry by showing us how he would prepare people. Isaiah 40, verse 3 to 5. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in a desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought down low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see, shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Hey friends, this is how God is preparing us today. He builds a highway to our hearts by filling in the valleys, bringing down the high places, making crooked paths straight and rough places smooth. Let me ask you, how is God preparing you? How has He been preparing you recently? I'm sure we could all come up here and tell a story about the preparation of God. What are the, what are the idols? What are the high places, the towers that He's taking down in your life right now. And if you're thinking, uh, I don't know if I have any, what are the places that perhaps are uncomfortable right now? 
What are the places in your heart and mind perhaps that are painful, towers of pride, towers of ego, of sin, of self? What are the rough places in our lives that God by His Spirit is coming today and He's smoothing out in anticipation for His glory? The the Lord is is preparing us this morning. He's, He's been preparing us. You've been undergoing a preparation process. You may be sat on the back row here today, but but let me tell you, as you're sat there right now, the Lord has been on a preparation journey. You, You have no idea what God wants to do in this season in your life. The Lord, the Lord wants to blow us away. He wants to show us his kindness in a new way, his goodness, his mercy, his grace. Oh, oh, the Lord is in our midst. There's a touch of heaven. I just, I sense it even right now. Presence of God is here. Come on, will you reach out and, and touch Jesus this morning? Oh, if we want to see his glory, we'll have a focus on holiness. All the priests who were present, they purified themselves. What's the, what's the purification process? What is, what is it that we can even do this week to... to, to to get us to this place, just reverence, holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is is full, it's thick of His glory. Here's the third thing, I, I see harmony. This excites me. I see harmony. All this is happening in this text. I mean, there's so much. We'd need a few weeks to unpack each thing, but here's what it says in verse 13 to 14. The trumpeters and singers perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. All the people assembled, everyone participated, everyone. Everyone participated in this. It was every single person, even those with titles and privilege, they got busy. No one was looking for applause. Perhaps if we want to see God's glory, there will be no divisions or status among us. We won't worry about class and race and background, education level. None of it will matter. The moment they started to worship the presence of God and the glory fell when they were unanimous, when they were in harmony, when they were one. This is a call this morning to unity. It is symbolized in the music. There's, is, there, is there a fallout in your life right now as you're sat there? Have you fallen out with somebody? Fix it. Fix it. Is there a misunderstanding? Come on, there are, there are at least 60 misunderstandings in the room. Yeah, 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 there's, there'll be a few. Fix it. Come on, is there, is there coldness between you and someone? Fix it. You take the humble road. I know it's not easy. I know it's tough. It's not an easy conversation. But you know what? We need to worship together. We need to worship together. What happened in Acts chapter 2 when the believers were together in one place, in one accord? Come on, don't make me work hard for this one. Come on, help me preach. Come on, someone in the room. Thank you. Thank you, sir. A sound from heaven like... The roaring of a mighty windstorm filled the house. They were 
where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. That's going to happen for some of you this morning. You're going to get the gift of tongues. You're going to begin to speak in, in the heavenly language. Why? Because the presence of God is here, and He wants to gift us as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and reconcile and then come back and worship. Come on, we've got to, we've got to come together. Come on, the enemy wants us divided, you know. But you know, my scripture says that, that where, there's, where there's unity, there's, there's, there's a command, there's, there's a blessing. God wants... God wants to command a blessing on us this morning. Oh, some of you, some of you aren't ready. You're not ready for this. Get ready right now. Begin to prepare your heart. Begin to unlock, Father, unlock every heart here today. Those of us who've walked in this morning with a hard heart, I just see prison bars just... <laughs> the Lord reaching in reaching right into the chaos and wildness of your life and bringing a stillness, bringing his presence into your home. Some of you, your homes are chaotic. All kinds of things are kicking off at home. I wanna wanna declare a stillness in your home that your home would know the the peace and the presence of, of Jesus in your friendship. Some of you, you're feeling isolated and lonely Some of your friendships are. They're not what they used to be. Come on, I see the restoration of the Lord. Just bringing families together, bringing homes together, bringing brothers and sisters together, us talking again. Check out what happened in chapter seven. How about the band come up and we'll wrap up. I sense the spirit of God in this place wants to do some business. Come up and play something awesome. This, this is insane. This is insane. Chapter 7, as the glory of the Lord filled the temple, get this, the cloud comes. It's thick in here. It's tangible. We can't even move. It's chaotic. Children everywhere. It's wild. Presence of God. We can't move. We're worshiping Jesus in the temple. Verse 7, as a result of this moment when Solomon finished praying, Fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, He is Good. His faithful love endures forever. Another translation says that they fell on the pavement. I mean, imagine the glory of God hitting this place and people who are walking on Broad Street falling to their knees even this morning because the presence of God is all consuming. It's captivating them. Why? We can't explain it. What about in your workspace when you walk in on, a, on tomorrow morning and suddenly the presence of God fills the place? 
I was challenged recently by one of our Gastreet Academy students, plug Gastreet Academy, just there, who was sharing at our recent retreat. Aaron, he's at the back there. And, um, and he was talking about how he loves to soak. I'll let you interpret what that means. Uh, he, he loves to soak and just spend time in the presence of God. And he said something that just, oh, that just challenged me to the very core. He said, he said I want to be able to walk into rooms and diseases just leave people. <laughs> oh, crazy things have happened, friends. Where the Spirit of God is so apparent on each and every single one of us that when we, when we walk into rooms, diseases leave, demons tremble. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Here's the last thing I see. I see humanity. I see societal impact. I see Philippians 2.10, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. This fire suggested that God was glorious in Himself. For our God is a consuming fire. He's a fire that burns up our lusts, our corruptions, those things in us that must be sacrificed today in order that we might experience His glory. When they saw this fire, the people outside the temple, they didn't run away. No, 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 no. They dropped to their knees. Woo! They dropped to their knees and they gave God a praise. They gave God worship. What can happen out there as a result of what happens in here? The impact of the temple being set on fire, on fire, with the glory of God. What happened out there? Little fires everywhere. Awesome program on Amazon Prime if you haven't seen it. Little fires everywhere. Little fires everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere you go, little fires. Flames, flames, flames. Why? Because the glory of God hit you. Because you believe in God, you trust in God. He's, he's good. His faithful love endures forever. A simple song, a simple song that is never out of season. No matter what you're going through, He's good. His love endures forever. God's goodness is His glory. When it comes to God's glory, newsflash, no one is left out. No one. Not one person is left out. When it comes to God's glory, however it be, God is good. His glory is good. Friends, I can't believe how good the Lord is. I can't believe how good the Lord is in my weakness. He's, he's my strength and my lack. He's my provider. He's my supplier. When I'm desperate, He meets me. Lord, do it again. Do it again, Lord. I can't speak for you, but you know, when I was a teenager and I felt distant, distant I was drifting from God, before I heard an articulation of, of the gospel, a compelling uh, articulation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, I, was, I was, well, worshiping myself. That's all I wanted to do. I couldn't see past that. I was blind spiritually. Paul puts it like this in Romans. He says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. He says, but out of sheer generosity, He put us in right standing with Himself, a pure gift. 
He got us out of the mess we were in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did this by means of Jesus Christ. Friends, he's good. He's good. His faithful love endures forever. Lord, out of your goodness this morning, would you show us your glory? Let's stand to our feet this morning. Would you show us your glory? I'll say, I'll say a quick prayer, then I'll jump down. But I just want to quickly just invite those who, who don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's always a privilege to, to pray this prayer and to see people, you know, who, who want to know Jesus just agree and say, you know what, like I desire that. We're going to say a simple prayer. It's going to come on the screen, so you can repeat it after me. But I guess there may be a couple of people in the room, perhaps, who, I don't know, something inside of you is, you know, you know that, come on, I need, I need this. I need, I need the Lord. He's good. We're going to pray this together, and we're going to allow those people to not feel like they're on their own. But just repeat after me. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. That's good. Let's raise the volume, though. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you know me and love me completely. I know I've made mistakes. And now I ask for your total forgiveness. I turn away from everything I know is wrong. Today I choose to put my faith in you and say yes to following you. Please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit now. Amen. Just close your eyes for me, heads bowed just for one moment. I want to just invite those who prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time someone brought you along to church today and you're thinking, I don't know what all this is about, but, but it's cool. And I want, to, I want to discover this Jesus. Maybe, you're going to, maybe you prayed that prayer for the 10th time. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter. You know in your heart of hearts that you need to draw a line in the sand and say yes to Jesus. At the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. No one looking around but me. And um, I want you to just let me know that you're praying that prayer. You're saying yes to the Father and you're, you're coming home. So at the count of three, for the first time or for the 10th time or 100th, lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift it high quickly. Shoot it high so I don't miss you. Hi, hi, hi. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am, at the back. Anyone else you want to say yes to Jesus? Thank you. I see a couple of hands there. Anyone else you want to say yes to Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for these three great people saying yes to you. We celebrate this morning that the kingdom of God, yeah, yeah, the kingdom of God is advancing. So, Lord, Lord, fill them right now with your presence, with your spirit. Let them know your glory right now. Just fill, fill. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, come on, let's, let's sing this song together. And just wherever you are, let's just, let's just cry out and just invite the glory of God into our hearts. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.